Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. You know, nothing feels worse than feeling empty. Emptiness demonstrates or shows itself in many different ways. For instance, loneliness. If you're lonely, well, you're empty of friendship. Or if you're depressed or, or worse still, have suicidal thoughts, there's an emptiness in your life, an emptiness of hope. Or if you're, if you're poor and you don't have enough money uh, to make ends meet for you and your family, you're empty of provision. Or if you're sick, you're empty of health. On the flip side though, if you're full, there's, there's nothing that feels better than being full, full of friendship, full of hope for the future, full of provision, full of health. But better than all of these is fullness of God, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, where God comes in and fills all your empty places in your heart full of his Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you. And whenever that does happen, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's so many other good things that follow. So I want you to listen in and I'm going to share with you eight things that will happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. encourage you again i do believe there's an outpouring of the holy spirit and it's a memorable experience that you'll never forget and that's what we're talking about here but don't forget that every day of your life the holy spirit is filling you he's filling you he's filling you and that happens as you read your bible that happens as you obey him that happens as you take your mind and you focus on him you pay attention to him. you are being filled with the holy spirit every day every day so don't forget that reality as we go through this today now today what we're going to be talking about is eight things that will happen to you when you are filled with the holy spirit eight things that'll happen and let's go through these we were in acts chapter 2 we got all the way through acts 2 14 and that's what we're going to pick up today and go through the rest of the chapter of this this in filling of the Holy Spirit when it first happened in what we call the early church. The church that, that came together right after Jesus died, was resurrected, and ascended to heaven. All right, so the early church, this is the story there in Acts chapter 2. And what happened is, if you recall, just to summarize very quickly, all these, these folks, I, not, not many of them, uh, were up in an upper room there in Jerusalem during the day of Pentecost. Remember what we talked about last Sunday. You can listen to it. It was recorded. You can go to our website and listen to it if you missed it. But there they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire came on their heads, and they began to speak in other languages, in other tongues. And, and the, the people that were walking outside of that upper room heard this, they listened, and, they, and then Peter, one of the apostles, began to speak to them. And the rest of today is, is going through what he spoke to them. There in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, it says, Peter stood up. Remember, eight things that happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice, addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Now, Peter was not a shy guy, all right? But he wasn't this brave. <laughs> Peter was the guy that ran off when Jesus uh, was taken hostage, if you will, was taken prisoner by the Jews and then put to death. 
he was not that brave, all right? But I'll tell you, here's number one. When the Holy Spirit fills you, you will be bold, you'll be courageous, and you'll be confident. If you are shy, if you lack self-confidence, if you are insecure, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because everything changes when you're filled with the Holy Spirit as we see here with Peter and as, as well with the, with the 11. You begin to stand up like you've never stood up before. You begin to oppose things that you've never opposed before. You begin to stand on behalf of others that you may not have been willing to stand on, on their behalf before. You're bold, you're confident, you're courageous. All right? That's what an example is given in Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. It says um, that the, these Jews, or excuse me, the, the early church, after this, a little bit after this story, uh, they were threatened. They were threatened. Have you ever been threatened before? Because I, I want you, you, you need to put yourself in their place. Have you ever received a death threat before? Or do you know somebody who's received a death threat before? There's a group of attorneys, and I'm not here to talk about Republicans versus Democrats, but I, we need to feel what this is like, all right? So there's a, there's a law firm that uh, the current presidential administration has reached out to to begin, you know, play, basically questioning the votes and whatnot. This law firm, the attorneys of this law firm, have gotten so many death threats that they've backed out of supporting this endeavor. All right. So I want you to picture that you're at your home. You're just trying to do your job. And one night you pick up the phone and somebody says, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill your family. All right. That's a that's a threat. That's what these Christians were facing. They were receiving death threats. They were saying, I'm going to we're going to come get your family. And here's what happened here in Acts chapter four, verse twenty nine says, now the Lord considered their threats and they, they were praying. They said, now consider their threats, Lord. Enable your servants to speak your word boldly, or your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be bold. You're going to be confident like never before. You're going to be courageous like never before. That's I, that's that's the first thing that's going to happen. Here's in verse 15. Let's continue to read on in Acts chapter 2, verse 15. These people are not drunk. This is Peter speaking again. He said, because they were accusing them of being drunk. He said, these people are not being drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he begins to quote from the Old Testament. Here's the apostle Peter, a fisherman. And he begins to quote prophecy back from the old testament how many of you memorize scripture don't raise your hand it's okay all right i have really begun to really start memorizing scripture i want to get it into my mind so the holy spirit has something to work with if i don't have the bible in my mind the holy spirit doesn't really have a whole lot to work with all right but i'm going to put that memory so apparently the apostle peter had memorized this prophecy from joel probably at the prompting of jesus imagine one time they're sitting around and and jesus starts telling them hey there's this prophecy in joel and he begins to tell his disciples this prophecy about being filled with the holy spirit and peter committed to memory because he quotes it here he says in the last day god says i will pour out my spirit on all people 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. In other words, they will they will speak in other tongues. They will be used mightily by the Lord. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. I was talking, Delilah and I were, in, we were just talking about this. All right, there's not a single time in the history of the earth when someone didn't call out on to the name of the Jesus or call out to God and God didn't save them. Not one single solitary time. You know how often you and I should be calling out to, for Jesus to rescue us or help us or save us? Dozens of times throughout the day. Dozens of times. They, Jesus has invited us to call on his name and to be saved, but that's not what we're here to talk about. All right? Here, here's Peter t- quoting from, from Joel under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to all of these people who were asking him what go, go, went on. And this is what happens. Here's number two. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a great understanding of the Bible. The Bible is no longer going to be a mystery to you. Have you ever read the Bible? I know I have as recently as this week. And I read something, I'm like... I don't know what that's telling me. I don't get this. What's the significance of this? As you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will understand the Bible better than you ever have before. Better than you ever have before. All right? And so um, let's turn this around, though, just for a second. And listen to me carefully. Are you understanding the Bible now better than you used to? Are you? That's a sign that you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a sign that the Holy Spirit is filling you. You didn't understand the things that you used to understand of the Bible. Now you do. You are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Well, let's continue on. Peter keeps talking to these people in verse 22. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to do miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you know yourselves. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. What? The, the Jews thought they were in charge, and it wasn't really the case. God had already planned and ordained for Jesus to be handed over to the Jews. And with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it is impossible, or it was impossible for death to keep hold on him. All right? And here's here's the third thing that's going to happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have extreme confidence in God's sovereignty. You're going to really, you know how people say, oh, God's in control. No, you're going to say, my God is in control. I don't care who's, who's elected as president to the United States. My God is in control regardless. Regardless. It doesn't matter who controls the Senate or the Congress. My God is in control regardless. It doesn't matter if I don't have enough money in my checkbook. My God is in control. It doesn't matter if I'm sick. My God is in control. 
It doesn't matter that this pandemic is killing people and, and putting people out of business and, and taking people's jobs away. My God is in control. You see, when, when the Holy Spirit fills you, you begin to realize how much in control God really is. And this is, this is Peter talking. He says, God, God already knew this was going to happen. In fact, he allowed it to happen. He did it because Jesus was going to be the Savior of the world. All right? So we need to understand. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit so that we can say, my God is sovereign. This world is not as out of control as I thought it was. Jesus is still in control. Now, there's a couple of human views of God's sovereignty that I want to I just describe to you really quick. But the first one is there is no God. <laughs> there's no sovereignty of God. Look at all the abused children. Look at the murders. Look at, look at what's happening in our country. Look what's happening in our world. There's, it's chaos. That's, that's what people without God say. This is complete chaos. And I'll use a word, it's even random. I mean, look at this family. They didn't get their child, you know, injured, and this family did. What's to, what, it's random. It's chaotic. I don't get it. In fact, um, you know, there's this billionaire. I've mentioned him a couple of times. His name's Mark Cuban. And, um, and on Twitter, all right, on social media, uh, somebody, one of, his, one of Mark's Cuban's millions of followers sent him a message and said, hey, Mark, tell me what the meaning of life is. Tell me what the meaning. And, and Cuban, Mark Cuban, tweets back, and he says, in fact, the guy said, can you say it in four words or less? And Mark Cuban tweets back and says, life is half random. <laughs> life is half random. That's what people without God believe is life is chaotic and life is random and it's survival of the fittest. That's what people without God tend to believe. But you know what? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to realize God's in control. God's in control. He's in particular in control of my life. And you can quote scriptures like Psalms 91 that says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest under the shadow of the Almighty God. You begin to see life totally different when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's, a, here's another way that people, and here's what a lot of Christians will say too, and I hear this at work all the time. They say, whatever happens is going to happen. Whatever happens, que sera, sera. You know, whatever happens is going to happen. That's not how God's sovereignty works. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's not, because you know what? Whatever happens may, can be stopped if you'll pray. You can actually impact outcomes. If you and I will get down on our knees and pray, we can stop things from happening. Or we can allow other things to happen because we're praying in accordance with God's will. You know what? You and I were placed here on this wor world is in order to enforce God's sovereignty through prayer. You can impact outcomes and let God's sovereignty come and impact somebody's life for the better. All right. That's why in Matthew 14, or 16, 19, it says Jesus tells his disciples, hey, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever, whatever you bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose here on earth will be loosed here in, in, in heaven. And if you get into the scripture and study it close enough, what it's really saying is whatever's bound in heaven, you can come down here on earth and bind it here on earth. If Jesus bound sickness, you can pray and see people healed. 
All right. If, if Jesus says, I will, I will take care of all your needs according to my riches and glory. I've done that in heaven. Here, go ahead and pray that it be done here on earth. And you can begin to establish Jesus' sovereignty, his kingdom here on earth. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can see God's sovereignty at work. So we read on. Going back to Acts 2. Now we're in verse 25. You can read along with me. Peter's talking to the crowd. Here he goes and he quotes another set of scriptures. An uneducated fisherman was quoting scriptures that he'd memorized and doing them appropriately so because he had been filled with the Holy Spirit. You can do that too. You can do that too. But here he goes on. He says, David said about him. Now who's David? Well, King David, the ancient king, the one that all the Israelites look back to as their hero of heroes. He said, King David said this, and he quotes from the Psalms. He says, I saw the Lord. Now, this is David speaking, writing in the Psalms. He said, I saw the Lord. He saw Jesus always before me. All right. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart will be glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. You know what we need? We need a lot more hope, and the Holy Spirit will give you hope. But he goes on, he says, Because you will, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. And there he was prophesying of Jesus. Jesus was going to die, but not see decay. All right, it says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, Peter goes on to say, I will tell you confidently that our patriarch David, he died. And was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God was, had also promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. And he was speaking of Jesus. Jesus, if you look at, if you read the Bible, you find Jesus was a descendant of David. And sure enough, it lines up with prophecy. But he would have his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, of Jesus. And that he, was not, he would not be abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor would his body see decay. And here's, if I'm on number four, is that right? I can't remember what number I'm on. I believe I am. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be far more aware of Jesus and his kingdom right here, right now. And I'll tell you, as Christians, we often talk about, we think about the kingdom of heaven as something in the distant future. You know, Jesus will reign someday. You know, Jesus is reigning right now. Jesus is ruling right now. And it has a lot to do with the sovereignty aspect we just mentioned. Jesus wants to reign in your life right now. Jesus wants to reign in your family right now. Jesus wants to reign in your school right now. For those of you that are in school, Jesus wants to reign in your job right now. I'm finding that even at work. I pray for things to happen. God, help this person, help this situation. And Jesus comes through and makes things right even at work. All right. Jesus, Jesus's kingdom rules and reigns right now. His kingdom is established right now. All right. And, and so then then I'd stop to think and I think, well, how? OK, that's great. Jesus is reigning. How do I relate to that? Mm-hmm. And Jesus, in, in, as I pray, I, I think these mm-hmm. two things, I relate to that in two ways. First of all, I'm a servant of Jesus. I'm not out here pulling Jesus along, telling him what to do. No, he's telling me me what to do. 
and I'm a servant of his. And the Bible is very clear that if I serve Jesus, then I need to serve you. <laughs> I need to be a servant to you and help you. And you similarly need to be a servant to me and to each other and all of us serving one another. If Jesus is the king, I can only be a servant to the king. So that's one thing. Uh, but secondly, I'm a soldier. He's the king. It also elicits a, a thought of, of warfare. He's the king who's going out in battle. I'm following him as a soldier of the cross. And I often think about that. You know what? I'm not going to get caught up. And I think we have the scripture up here in 2 Timothy 2.4. It says, if I'm a soldier, I'm not going to get entangled in civilian affairs. No, I want to please my commanding officer. And so I need, to, I need to keep viewing myself. I'm a servant and I'm a soldier, period. I'm not going to get a big head. I'm not going to start performing. I'm not going to start trying to get people's praise. I'm seeking the praise of one person, and that's Jesus. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, I realize he's king and I'm, I'm his servant. I'm his soldier. Verse 32, though, continuing on in Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. What else is going to happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? You are going to be a witness of Jesus, and you're going to be willing to openly testify of who he is and what he's done. Now, witness and testify, those are two terms that if you watch TV, you know, uh, any one of these TV uh, shows that I don't watch, but anyways, about court cases and attorneys and cops, and uh, they come into a, a courtroom, and there's witnesses who testify. <laughs> there's witnesses who testify. What's a witness? It's someone who's seen something. And they see something, therefore they're able to testify or explain what happened. Well, you know what? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to see Jesus like you've never seen him before. You're going to be a witness. You will have seen Jesus, maybe not with your physical eyes, but far better with your spiritual eyes. And you will go out and testify of who he is. You will be a witness who testifies. And I want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be ashamed of Jesus. I want to be, I want to be completely, uh, I want it to be just automatic and natural, telling people about who Jesus is and what he's done for me. Well, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that will happen. That just as Peter was in front of thousands of people witnessing, testifying to the witness of who Jesus was. That's why in Acts 1.8, which we read the last couple of Sundays, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses. All right, the shyness and the embarrassment and the dullness will go away, and you will tell people about Jesus because you're so full of the Holy Spirit. Peter continues on. He says in verse 33, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you see and hear. Verse 34, for David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, this gets kind of confusing. Here's, <laughs> here's Jesus, or excuse me, David talking. The Lord said to my Lord, in other words, God the Father said to Jesus, sit at my right hand while I make your enemies a footstool. Therefore, let 
All of Israel, be assured that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And here's the sixth, the sixth thing that will happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to begin to get victory in your life. You're going to get victory over addictions. You're going to get victory over fear and worry. You're going to get victory over negativity. You're going to get victory over your broken relationships with maybe your kids or your spouse. You're going to get victory over sickness. You're going to get victory over that person who's giving you trouble at work. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. God's going to start making your enemies a footstool for you. He's going to take care of your battles. Remember this, this song that Sarah was leading, in, leading us in? He's going to fight your battles for you. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And let me tell you, when, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God, you're going to see how God's fighting your battles. You're going to stop trying to do things in your, own, in your own strength, and you're going to say, God, you just take care of it. You'll be full of the Holy Spirit, full of victory, and, and assured of the power of the Holy Spirit who's fighting for you. You're going to be able to quote scriptures like Psalms 91.13 that says, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample on the great lion and the serpent. You're going to start getting the victory in your life over all the things, all of your enemies, the things that you battle with in your mind most of all. You're going to be able to quote scriptures like Romans 16, 20. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Under your feet. Or you'll be able to quote Luke 1019 that says I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy nothing is going to harm you you're full of the Holy Spirit I don't know about you I'm into benefit number six here I want the Holy Spirit I want these things in my life I want the victory in my life Peter goes on talking in Acts 2 now verse 37 he said when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. So here's Peter. I, I, I picture him on a balcony. I don't know if this is legitimate or not, but he's in the upper room. We knew that. So he must have been on a second, second floor. He's talking out over a bunch of people. So now he's finished his speech. He's done. He's done his, what the Holy Spirit drove him to do. And the people down there, they hear this, and the Bible says they're cut to the heart. Have you ever been cut to the heart by God showing you something in your life? And you're like, ooh, that hurt. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Thanks for showing me that inside of me. You're cut to the heart. All right? These people were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the apostles, they're, they're probably shouting up to them up there in the second floor, brothers, what should we do? <laughs> you know, we know we were the ones that just had Jesus killed. You're right, that happened just, just 50 days ago. Some of us were here. Some of us lived here. We witnessed that. We saw that. And let me tell you what, here's number seven. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be convicted of sin. Some things that you accept now are no longer going to be okay for you anymore. You're going to say, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like that anymore. This entertainment bothers me like it didn't used to bother me anymore. Or, you know, I might let a you know, word slip here or there whenever I'm angry. And the Holy Spirit gets inside of me and say, I don't want to talk that way anymore. And, and you might let anger flare up in you. And you get aggravated. And when the Holy Spirit gets in you, you don't want to be angry anymore. 
all of a sudden you want to be patient. You want to be kind. You want to be gentle with people. And, and when the Holy Spirit, maybe you're negative, and the Holy Spirit fills you and he says, I don't want to be negative anymore. I want to, be, I want to believe Jesus. I want to be positive. I want to be hopeful. I want to be encouraging. More, the, whole, the Holy Spirit fills you. He convicts you of sin. Look at these scriptures in John 16, verses 7 through 11. It says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good, Jesus is talking here, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. But here, then he says, this is what the advocate's going to do. This is what the Holy Spirit's going to do. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Listen, he, he summarizes this, and it, this is going to come to you in, in your texts this, this week, all right? So we, you can meditate on it and think on it. But it says in verse 9 here in John 16, it says, About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I, when, when you get this scripture this week, I want you to really meditate on this one. This is, this is deep. It's profound. But the Holy Spirit, when he fills you, he's going to thrust stuff out. He, he, it's just like a cup. A cup can only hold so much. If it's got dirt and you put a hose into it, it's going to flush the dirt out. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is going to push the yucky stuff out of your life. The stuff that you don't like anyways. The stuff that you're trying to get rid of. The stuff that you've tried to battle all your life. The Holy Spirit fills you. He's going to push it all out of you. He's going to convict you of sin. And you're not going to want that sin anymore. Your desires are going to change. Which is an awesome miracle in and of itself. In verse 38, P Peter replied. So they were cut to the heart and they said, What should we do? <laughs> Peter replied, he said, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, I encourage you in one regard here. Don't just say, Jesus, forgive me. Whenever you do something wrong, and I do something wrong every day of the week. <laughs> all right? We all do. All right? When you do something wrong, don't just say, Jesus, forgive me. No, say, Jesus, I repent. You see, there's a difference. Don't just forgive me. Don't just, you know cleanse me help me not to do it again see repentance is doing a 180 and saying i was going this direction now i'm going to go this direction that's repentance and when you do that as you do that jesus forgives you jesus forgives you see the holy spirit comes in he convicts us of sin and then our response to that is jesus i repent the most powerful thing you can do in the whole wide world is to repent of your sin it breaks your sin instantly when you repent See, the devil's whispering in your ear. If you repent, you're just going to do it again. Just, you know, it's, it's okay. It's all right. No, when you repent, it breaks something inside of you. And you're able to stop doing it. God helps you to stop doing it. But the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Uh, in verse 39, now of Acts 2, the promise. Listen to this. This is so awesome. Oh, he says, he will get forgiveness of sin and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing, man. Start repenting now, and God will fill you with his Holy Spirit. Start repenting now, and God will fill you with his Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. 
The Holy Spirit is for every believing Christian. Every believing Christian. You say, well, I maybe not me. No, you. The Holy Spirit is for you. Ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit and he will fill you. But going back to this conviction of sin thing, these revivals that we've heard of, Tina and I went to a revival. You know what a revival is? Where a church revives. It's like it, where it wakes up again. We went to a revival back in 1996. I'll never forget it. We stood in line for 12 hours to get into the church every day of the week. That's a revival. You don't just mosey on into the church. No, there's a line. And if you're not up close enough, you can't even get into the church. That was a revival. And we got in there and you could feel the presence of God man I mean it was thick it was heavy and, and and God changed my life in that revival changed my life forever in that revival with a matter of unforgiveness there was a somebody I hadn't forgiven God convicted me of that sin in that revival where the Holy Spirit was so present I forgave and my life changed forever my life changed forever amen and so uh Here's what happens when the Holy Spirit fills people. People by the masses start f repenting of sin. That's what happens in revivals. Is massive people that say, God, I'm sorry. I don't want to do this anymore. And there's mass repentance. That's going to happen here in El Paso. That's going to happen here in El Paso. The, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on people's lives. They're going to get filled, and they're going to feel convicted of sin, and they're going to repent, and our city is going to turn around. Then our state will turn around. Then our country will turn around. God is on the move. He's going to do something powerful and mighty. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, but we see here the promise is not just for you. It's for your children and for all of those who are far off. This happened almost 2,000 years ago. It's still happening today. The Holy Spirit is still here for you today to be filled with the evidence of speaking in other languages, in other tongues, as the Bible tells us. Verse 40 of Acts 2, With many words Peter warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. I'll tell you what, our country is getting more and more and more corrupt more corrupt can you imagine death threats against somebody who's trying to just do their job that's pathetic that is pathetic you know and and politicians all the politicians going back and forth and doing things that they shouldn't and and you know i don't get me started all right i'm because i'm about to start naming names and that's not a good thing i'll tell you what our country is getting more and more corrupt all right Jesus is telling us, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Don't, don't accept it. Don't buy into it. You know, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Save yourself. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And listen to this, about 3,000 people were added to their number there, that day. Can you imagine? I'm not about numbers. I'm not about getting big. I would love, I would love for more people to get saved. But can just picture this just for a second. What if 3,000 people tried to come to our church today? <laughs> that would be a hoot. <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy, right? And you, when the Holy Spirit gets poured out, we're not going to have enough room for everybody. And I'm not just talking our church. I'm talking about the churches here in El Paso, the life-giving churches here in El Paso, the, the Bible-believing churches here in El Paso. They're going to be so full, they're not going to even know what to do with themselves. 
Amen. Because the people start coming in and they want to hear the truth. They want to know more about Jesus. And this is the eighth thing that's going to happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit is a lot of people are going to get saved. A lot of people are going to be saved by Jesus because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that's why, that's why uh, you know, I, I want to do a lot of outreaches. I want to reach the lost. I want to tell people about Jesus. In fact, I do quite frequently. But you know what? I need the Holy Spirit to fill my life so I can be more effective in doing this. And you do too. We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting. I'm, I'll end with this. Um, many of these people left Jerusalem. They were coming. You, you'd have to listen to last, last Sunday's message to get this. Many people were visiting Jerusalem, and after they got saved, they left Jerusalem and went back to their different parts of the world. We remember Egypt, uh, Libya, uh, there was uh, Turkey, Greece, different parts of the known world. These people left and went back. And here's, here's something curious. These people went back to no church, no support system, no nothing. And just a few late years later, the Apostle Paul and other apostles were going to their cities and establishing churches. And they were able to establish churches because there was already somebody there that knew the message. They already knew the message. All right. And, and it's just it, it's just interesting to me to think of it from that perspective. These people went back and the seed was planted in these in these places. You know what? God's already planted seeds all around you. You just need to water them. You just need to tell people about Jesus. You just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and God's going to use you mightily. Let's go over these eight things just very quickly. Eight things that will happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You will be bold, courageous and confident. You will have a greater understanding of the Bible. It won't seem, a veil won't be over your face. You'll understand the Bible for, for your practical living, your day-to-day -day living. Um, number three, you will have extreme confidence in God's sovereignty. Number four, you will be far more aware of Jesus and his kingdom here and now. You will become a witness of Jesus and you will openly testify to others about him. You will have the victory in your life. Number seven, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction of sin that will lead you to repent. So when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit's dealing with you about something, listen to him. Listen to him. Don't push him off. Don't, don't try to make yourself feel good about yourself. Say, God, is there something here that needs to be fixed? If so, I want to repent. And number, number eight, a lot of people are going to be saved. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, God, for this wonderful time together. We thank you, God, for this truth of what eight things that will happen when the Holy Spirit fills us. Lord Jesus, we're talking directly to you right now. I thank you, God, that I don't need uh, a human priest or pastor or, or holy person to be the go-between between you and me. No, I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. I can talk directly to God without anybody else's help. Lord, I can talk to you 24-7, seven days a week, 360 days a year. I have an open line of communication. Because Jesus died, he is my mediator, but you've given me the Holy Spirit to be my confidant, 
Lord, the person who's with me all the time, if, if I'm alone or with others, if I'm at night or during the day, if I'm working or, or resting, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is here with me. Holy Spirit, I want you to fill us, Lord. I want you to fill us to overflowing, oh God. Lord, I want these eight benefits that we've spoken of this morning. I want to be full to overflowing, Lord Jesus. God, if there's something, some sin in my life, something wrong in my life that needs to be fixed, I want to know what it is and I want to repent of it. Lord, so I'm prepared for the Holy Spirit to fill me. 